So um, here's here's what we're gonna do. This this episode is an overview of the end time. So this we're just touching kind of uh, some bare bones stuff that's really gonna roadmap us for the rest of this series. Good. And so um, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to go through just a glossary of terms. Okay. Just um, I'll list them off, and if you'll give me thirty seconds, if you can. Right. I realize I, I realize <laughs> it's difficult. The plan is to do basically an episode on most of these subjects. And so we'll expound upon it in the future. But if you'll give me um, maybe key passage, like where it's found, um, and briefly what it is. You don't have to explain why we think it is what it is, just where it is, where's it found, what is it. Um, and uh, you may not be able to do this from memory. So if you need a little bit of time to like, you know, yeah. get on your computer, you can. But um, let's, these are in no particular order. Um, but let's just start off. When we say the word abomination of desolation, mm-hmm. what is it? Where is it found? <laughs> I, re- I used to read that verse and thought it was talking about me. That's uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I repent, Lord. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so Jesus, it's referred, actually, it, it start, it's actually first uh, spoken of by Daniel, uh, Daniel chapter 8, um, and again in chapter 11. Um, and then there's uh, a vague mention in Daniel 9 as well uh, of it. And so in Matthew 24, Jesus refers to this and... Uh, he says, when, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, mm-hmm. and then whoever's in the house, stop, not go down and get anything out of his house. Who's in the field, don't get anything. He says, for then there will be great tribulation, such as never been in the history of the world, nor shall ever be. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus actually identifies this event called the abomination of desolation as the start of the great tribulation. And he's referring to what Daniel said. Now, just the quick, what that is, what was believed was you know, really up to the time of Jesus, was that the abomination of desolation took place historically under a Grecian king named Antiochus Epiphanes when he went into the temple and sacrificed an, a, a pig on the altar and and uh, and began to worship Zeus, put a statue of Zeus in the altar, more, more than likely Zeus, uh, one of the Greek pantheons there. And so that was thought as the abomination of desolation is written about in the book of Maccabees. And and maybe on a near side prophecy, that's what it's talking about. But Jesus actually identified that it was a future event. Mm-hmm. Two hundred, you know, something years later, he's saying, "When you see the abomination of desolation spoken right. by Daniel, in other words, it would be something that would come." And so, what we think from scriptures is that event is talking about a time when the what we call the Antichrist, the man of sin, the beast, whatever you want to call him, is going to what Second Thessalonians says goes into the temple and and proclaims himself to be God. And it's a very similar way where Antiochus did this to to proclaim Zeus as God. Mm-hmm. Anti, uh, Antichrist does it, but actually proclaims himself to be God in, in the rebuilt temple that will be in Jerusalem. And so um, that event, and then from there, it, he begins his reign of terror on the earth. With the, at the same time, the judgments of God begin to intensify. We call it the Great Tribulation. Uh, and Jesus said it would be the marker of the beginning of the Great Tribulation. So so Daniel 8, Daniel 11, and a little bit briefly Daniel 9, Daniel yeah. 9 yeah. and then Jesus actually references it in Matthew 24. Yes. And, and if I remember right... Um, in my Bible, it actually says, um, you know, when you see the abomination of desolation is spoken of through the prophet Daniel, and then in parentheses it says, let the reader understand. understand it. It go back, read Daniel, yes. right? Um, and it's where the Antichrist uh, will come into the very temple, the Jewish temple, mm-hmm. right? Which doesn't exist right now, which I think is an important point, right. and proclaim himself to be God. Yes, Okay, that's yes. that's kind of what we that's yeah. kind of what we say when we say when we mean or that's what we mean when we say the abomination, an event, an event that, that encompasses all those things that starts the time of trouble, right? Great, yeah, perfect, yeah. I can't wait to talk about that one. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, give me an idea. Okay, when often you'll hear uh, trumpets, seals, bowls, seals, bowls, trumpets, whatever the, the right. order is, right? What the heck are those? Trumpets, seals, and bowls. Yeah. 
Go so, for it. Uh, what are they and where are they found? Yeah, they're found in Revelation, book of Revelation, starting in chapter uh, 6. It starts with the seals and it goes into chapter 7. Um, and and uh, when, so you have the seals and the trumpets, um, and it goes and kind of goes all the way through chapter 9. Uh, and there, and then the the bowls pick up again. I believe in chapter sixteen, in okay. fifteen and sixteen, and so um, uh, there there it's if you look read Revelation, there is a I was called a heavenly ceremony that's taking place in in heaven that actually has real effects on the earth as these these this ceremony goes forth, these these events begin to take place uh, the, of what we call the great tribulation on the earth, and they're divided up into what we call seals, trumpets, and bowls. There are different levels of judgment, and they're each grouped into groups of seven. So okay. there's seven seals, seven trumpets, followed by seven bowls, and there, if you if you kind of look at it, it, the 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 trumpets are more intense than the seals, and the bowls are more intense than the trumpets and the seals as well. So okay. there's an intensity in in the amount of calamity that takes place, um, and so uh, so that's what we were, when we're referring to. We're referring to the 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 basically 21 judgments, major judgments uh, found in the Great Tribulation. Uh, uh, just before, you know, say just before and during the, the return of the Lord. Okay. And, uh, and so, um, yeah, so this, like, I don't know how much more we want to go into that right now, but, but no, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. That's so perfect. They, so. they are the seven, they are the 21 judgments, major judgments from God, uh, on the earth at the end. Times. Found in the book of Revelation. And found in the book of Revelation. Now, now, if I remember right, it, uh, and this is where I need you to correct me, right? Is, isn't it something like the, um, the last seal? Is the seven trumpets, and then the last trumpets, the bowls? Is, is that how yeah, it works? Yeah, Something like that. And so, um, yeah. So the, the and it's one of the one of the reasons. So some people think the seals, the trumpets, and the bowls are all happening simultaneously. In other words, there, there's there's like you know the, the first seal is the same thing as the first trumpet, which is the first thing. The first, there's actually a view that, that that that's the idea, and the seconds, all the seconds are the okay. same. They're just different aspects of it. But I, I I don't think it works out, in my opinion, because of, of what you just said. So like when you get to the seventh seal, it is the seventh seal that opens up the first trumpet judgment. Okay. And yeah, so yeah. in other words, it's just not logical that they would be that they could be simultaneous yeah. because there's an order to it of one, two, three, and then followed by this, followed by that. I gotcha. Um and so yeah, so there's a um yeah, that's so that, that 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 aspect is and then and there's even other details, though there's some similarities in, in the judgments. The intensity or, or, or some of the details don't they they don't match with each other. Yeah. So to be simultaneous, they have to be you know uh, what's it congruent or it's uh, yeah it's, uh, chronological chronological maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah chronological uh, in nature yeah though there's cool. overlaps not like one starts and that one ends and the second one starts it could be that the first one's or second one's going while the, when the next one starts oh, yeah that makes sense yeah okay great yeah we'll do a whole episode on that I yeah. was just I had that thought that all right so here we go next uh, next terminology here we this is what we're looking for. Marriage Supper of the Lamb. Mm-hmm. What is it? Where is it found? Revelation chapter nineteen talks about the uh, the uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb specifically. Blesses you who you know comes basically been invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb, um, and you know it, it's referring. It, there's a couple things that I, I, that I think it's referring to, but um, it's referring to a time at the, after the return of the Lord where we will gather. To him, and I mean, we're, we're the bride, which is the union, uh, you know, time. But it, it has its roots actually farther back in that into uh, the Old Testament history and uh, to the you know, Jewish customs. And 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 so you know, you, you read about Matthew. I think it's I'm sorry, Isaiah 25 talks about the great supper the Lord will will give for a feast of all the people. And it's not most of us think of it being something that's, that's being held in heaven, but it's actually not. The Old Testament is very clear that it happens in Jerusalem on mm-hmm. the earth. Um, uh, in fact, I, you know, 
I think there's a real case to be made that it's actually something that's maybe celebrated every year throughout the millennial reign, uh, yeah. the, what we call the Feast of Tabernacles, which was always a picture of a wedding anyway. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so, you know, that event in, Matthew, in Zechariah 14 is something that in the millennium, after Jesus' return, is celebrated year by year by year, and that people from all the nations are able to gather to it. And so... Um, and it's a it's a memorial, uh, you know, and and way that we connect with the Lord. And so I think it's it's, I think it's going to be part of the feast days. And mm-hmm. so it's not just one event that takes place, you know, just at the Lord's return or up in heaven. I mean, the Old Testament is very clear that it's something that's going to be celebrated with the Lord as as return. And if you look at even the where it's located in Revelation nineteen, it seems to be clear it's, it's something that the Lord is going to prepare the the people will be prepared for the marriage of the Lamb at the timing of the second second coming of Christ. Yeah. And so, um, so, so it's it's kind of a it's it's kind of the kind of consummation, so to speak, yeah. of the relationship. Yeah, you between remember if you, the saved, the saints. Yes, and, and, and Jesus. And, yeah, exactly. And so you have this. I mean, you remember Jesus actually said, he, you know, when he was about to die, and he's he's, yeah, he's the uh, communion. He's at the communion, and and they're having the Passover lamb. Like they're actually eating food. Like yeah. they, they have been sacrificed to the temple, right? And they had brought it. And he says, he says, I tell you the truth, he goes, I will no longer eat of this lamb. He goes until I do so with you. In the kingdom yeah. of God, and 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 so there's, I mean, if you read Matthew 25, he's, I mean Isaiah 25 is pretty clear that that the feast is going to be the feast of meats and the feast of, I mean, all the good stuff is going to be the, the fatty meats, all yeah, the yeah, all yeah. the stuff. You know, we're not going to be vegetarians in the next age. I mean, the Lord is is, is going to be cooking a a, a a good meal, you know, and yeah. service. <laughs> um, and so, uh, you know, eating, even though in the resurrection we don't necessarily need to eat, is something that the Lord does as a means of pleasure and connection and communion. So. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Great. All right. Marriage over the Lamb. Uh, how about this? Harlot of Babylon. We're going to talk about Harlot of Babylon a little bit. Okay. W- what is it? Where is it found? Revelation 17 and 18. Actually, so in, in the New Testament, it's found in Revelation 17 and 18. Uh, it's found, I think, Jeremiah 15, 51, uh, and then a little bit of Isaiah, I think, 14, 15 as well. It's interesting. It's actually the uh, the longest prophecy, single prophecy in the in the entire New Testament is Revelation 17 and 18. And it's also the longest prophecy in the Old Testament, Jeremiah wow. fifty fifty one. So the Lord's given a lot of real estate, but I would say it's one of the more challenging and difficult. I mean, it's by nature. It's 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 called confusion. That's what actually what Babylon meant, you know. And so um, it's it, there's. But anyway, so in Revelation seventeen, there's a there is a city that's on the earth that has that's a mother uh, harlot has many many cities under it. So it's a it's a capital city that's raised up that has influence in all the cities of the earth, but it also is a system. Um, of it, this pro- looks like it to be like a good, government yeah, system. governmental system this uh, this requires of, of government uh, and 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 religious connection and it's a way to bring all the nations together which is what the ancient Babylon did ancient Babylon was the Tower of Babel where all the nations yeah. came together for a unified purpose um, to make a great name for themselves it's actually what, what it says and so that same that same thing is going to come back uh, is what from Genesis eleven yeah, from Genesis eleven. Yeah. Um, and uh, the same spirit will be on this city to bring all the nations together uh, for a demonic unified purpose. Um, and so that that city, that's in other words, that that system will will be responsible for the mar- untold martyrdom of the saints. Um, and uh, but it's not something that hasn't already been in play throughout history. In other words, you know, it's, it says Revelation 17, she sits on the seven mountains, which she which are referring to even ancient kingdoms. Mm-hmm. That same spirit has been falling all throughout history, but is going to culminate in a final uh, city, but also a system across the earth of, of economics and religious worship, uh, those kind of ideas that yeah. bring all the, all the different nations together under a unified banner 
Uh, and I think ultimately for the, they can be deceived and, and worship the Antichrist. I mean, that's kind of where this thing's going to go because mm-hmm. Revelation 18 is clear that she gets replaced by the beast. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's a way to, it's kind of like you can't get the radical Muslim to, to accept Antichrist worship. Like he's not going to make that jump. Yeah. But if you can get him to buy into something that it brings a sense of unity and there's a dumbing down or, or a watering down of his faith. Then he's open to deception, to, to just in the same way a Christian would be. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, you're not going to get the radical Christian to go from that to, to beast worship, but you can get them to go into some sort of pluralistic reality or some sort of universalistic viewpoints that are based on good works and lots of you know happy feelings, justice, and all kind of <laughs> yeah. other stuff. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to put too much in and say I know exactly what this is going to look like, but it's to, it's it's like a bridge to beast worship. Gotcha. So it's it's. Revelation, oh, it's all over the place. I'm not even going to recount. Right. You can rewind if you, if you need to listen. But it's it's essentially, it's a capital city is what right. it seems like. Got other cities underneath it, right? right? So think Washington, D.C. versus all the other capital cities of uh, America, you know, America yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Though I don't think it's Washington, D.C. Yeah. Right, right. But yeah. just to give a, a grid, right? Yeah. And in the same way that the government pours out of Washington, D.C. across all these other cities, right? Right. It would be similar to that, but it's not just government. It's got religious implications as well, almost it's like... Just like Mount Babylon did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and so um, that's helpful. Is is the harlot of Babylon, is she... Is, is, it, is there an actual demon behind it, or is it people giving over to their... You know what? i tell you what. Yeah. Let's not go there. Yeah. 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 I'm going to keep yeah. my own rules, right? <laughs> we'll do that in that episode. All right, here right. we go. Um, harlot of Babylon, that's what we mean when we say that. Um, how about... Uh, Antichrist, uh, false prophet, beast. What, yeah. What's what's up with that? So there's there's many actually. You know, people think Antichrist, and, and there's actually many terms in the Bible that refer to him, not right. not just Antichrist. The uh, uh, in fact, you know, if you read First, Second, Third John, I mean, you know, uh, John said he said, you know, that many Antichrists have already come, mm-hmm. and so he says, but that he but he goes on. He said, but you know that the Antichrist is coming. So he, he identifies there's the there's a singular, you know. Yeah, head honcho. Yeah, head honcho coming, but there's been many like him, and so there's there's been plenty of governmental, you know, wicked governmental rulers on the earth. You know, and you could go back. I mean, obviously, you look at Hitler. You could, you know, I mean, or Mussolini. I mean, you could, there's there's tons of guys you could look at yeah. that are that you know, Nebuchadnezzar that have this antichrist spirit on them, right? Um, but there is the antichrist that's coming. So, uh, you know, that is so we so no, we have a, a theology. That there's some end time boogeyman coming right Even yeah from that but then we find that there's other passages in sin i mean paul talked about there would be a, the the he said the man of sin that is coming uh so, so the man i mean you know yeah. then there's this uh you know through the scriptures uh daniel talks about this this person called the little horn right that he then identifies that the horns equal kings and there'd be this final king that starts off little but eventually rises to power and his appearance is greater than his fellows in other words he starts little but eventually grows very very big and he is an end time boogeyman that mm-hmm. is destroyed by the Lord at his coming. Um, you know, then you have these other, like Ezekiel 38 talks about this, this person named Gog. And he says, are you, he who, who was prophes- who was spoken of by all the, all the prophets. And, and it's another end time boogeyman right before I keep saying boogeyman. I'm just saying like yeah, end no, time bad guy. Super helpful. Yeah. Right at the very end. So the question is, are these all separate end time bad guys? Or is, are we talking about the same guy? Well, if, if, if Zeke's right, he said they've all been prophesied by, by the, the prophets. By the prophets, yeah. Then he's talking about the same guy. He just has different names, just in the same way that Jesus has many different names in the scriptures, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, these these given. So um, so anyway, you know, so the, there, the, there's there's that. So the book of Revelation seems to refer to him as the, as the beast. Daniel seems to refer to the beast as the, the kingdom 
primarily is the kingdom, and then the little horn is the, is the as the as the man, the leader over that kingdom. The leader of the kingdom. Whereas Revelation yeah. seems to take the idea of the beast actually referring. It's because it's interesting because the scriptures refer to the the kings and the kingdoms oftentimes as one one reality, uh-huh. but it seems to be in the Revelation that he's referring mostly to the beast. So as being a person, for example, he says that the that in Revelation nineteen uh, says that the 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 beast and the false prophet will be cast into the lake of fire. Well, that's not just going to be, be talking about a kingdom. He's referring to very the people go to the, go to go to lake of fire, not entire kingdoms go right. to lake of fire. Right, it's 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 it, 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 and he and you're talking about different entities. The dragon, the beast, and the false prophet are different in, in entities. You're not talking about the same person. Okay. Uh, one reason we know that, I mean, in Revelation 20, it says, and then the dragon was cast into the lake of fire where the beast and false prophet are. Yeah. So they obviously are different people. They're not the same guy. So there's a difference between the dragon, the beast, the false prophet. Yeah. The beast. So the beast. And the beast is the Antichrist. It seems to be the Antichrist. The whole world is worshiping Revelation 13. Okay. The false prophet is called. He's called another beast. In okay. Revelation, and then eventually he's referred to as a false prophet. Okay. And he's one that's creating signs to the world to get the world to worship the beast. Okay. So he and the beast, or he yeah, and the Antichrist, he is, he are is like... the John the Baptist of the of the okay. of the opposite side. Yeah, that's helpful. And um, then the dragon, and the dragon is specifically the devil, which it means specifically says Revelation okay. says that the dragon of old, who was called the devil and Satan, I mean, it says it very clearly who it is. Okay. Yeah. And so and if, if someone wanted to go look those passages up, they're going to look Revelation... Revelation, uh, well, the one I was talking about where it separates them the would be Revelation 20. Okay. And that's also the passage where it talks about, tells you who the dragon is, that he is the devil, the okay. same serpent of old. Um, you know, but yeah, so Revelation, it, it, he's he's found throughout the scripture. I would, in my opinion, he's the second most, pro- the Antichrist is the second most prophesied person in the scriptures outside wow. of Jesus. Okay. I mean, if he's all through there. But it's one of those things we don't really... It's like the cards. You don't see it until you see it. And you're like, oh my gosh. Like he, yeah. He's constant because the Bible all, so much talks about this end time drama. And the, then in the same passage, it talks about an end time king over that drama mm-hmm. that's going to be destroyed at the, at the, at the consummation of all things when the, when the Lord returns. Wow. So, um, you know, before the Lord gives, gives the, 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 the rest to his people. And so, uh, yeah, so it's, 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 it's all through there. I mean, and it's, it's always talking about man. He's not just a, a uh, whatever, a, 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 like he's not just a, a spirit. It's I mean, it's very clear there's an end time man. You know, that's going to come. Yeah. Okay, that's that's super helpful. Um, let's see. We talk a lot about the forerunner message. Mm-hmm. All right. Give me a couple sentences. What's the forerunner message as it relates to the end times? Well, yeah. So so in the same way that that John the Baptist had a message before the the first coming of the Lord, we see we see uh, throughout scriptures there seems to be some highlighted type messaging that's that seems to preempt the second coming of Christ, which makes sense. I mean, and, and, and you know, even if you read Isaiah 40, which is the passage we often refer to as John, I mean, that that passage, and in, in if you just read it in its context, it's talking about the second coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yet John actually was able to tap into, in other words, he was, a, he was a partial fulfillment even of that. He embodied the very message that's going to be released at the end of the age. And so, you know, you look at Acts 2, I mean, in the last days, says God, I'll pour my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Old men shall dream dreams. He goes, I'll, you know, I'll pour my spirit on my men, maid servants and men servants, and they shall prophesy in those days. And I'll show signs in the heavens, wonders on the earth below, blood, fire, vapor, smoke. And he goes on. He says, and all those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right? Yeah. And so this, the, 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 he's actually saying that even, and he, and he gives details of the signs that would follow. If those signs are actually found in the Book of Revelation, right before the end. Yeah. And he says that it's going to be preempted by sons and daughters that are going to be prophesying messages that are going to go forth. 
And so then we have to look at okay, what, what are the type of messages. And so there's there's several. Obviously, the 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 message of the coming King. I mean, Isaiah 40 that that, that the Lord is coming and His reward is with Him. It's the it's the it's the subject of eschatology and the hope of the of the future coming King, which is, yeah. is which is which is key to the eschatological message. But it's also there, there's also the mixture of, of that with the, the the message of intimacy that the spirit and bride will be saying, "Come, Lord Jesus," right before the return of the Lord. You know, there's yeah. and there it's identified specifically as a bride. Not you know, there's a lot of things that we are identified as, which is right and it's true, and we will we'll be all those things. We will be the army of God. We will be the sons of God. We will be the you know. I mean, you go on yeah. and you get so many details of, yeah. of of the of the things that are identified, but the issue of the of being a bride, a made ready bride at the at the return of the Lord. Um, it's kind of, of front center, yeah. front center, yeah. and so well, then then the question is: then what are the aspects of that of that uh, identity that th- th- there's messages related to that identity for us right. to come into that identity? And it's the heart of God, the, the love of God, the connection with the with the Spirit of the Lord, and so and then it's also I think that the forerunner message has to embody the lifestyle of the forerunners, and so when we look at a forerunner, well, if we take a Clearland. I mean, you look at the life of John the Baptist, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's things that he em- embodied. The um, that become a part of that uh, of his that was so part of his lifestyle that gave him the authority to say what he needed to say prior to the first coming of the Lord. That same spirit has to be on the saints, and so it's the rejection of the of the the fleshly lust of this of this world and yeah. things that are and that's the difficult thing, right? I mean, that's, yeah. that you look at John. That's I mean, he embodied that such a way where it's. it's It'd be hard to embrace somebody like that if he came into our church today. Yeah, you know, it would just it would take a lot of challenges. And yeah, he, and and but it's something that was on him, and he and he he led a fasted lifestyle. Obviously, in the way he ate, but also in just the way he he embraced the culture. Yeah, and um, you know, and so there's a there's a there's a spiritual violence, if I can say that way, of, of the way that, the, that these people have to live. And then there's you know the the revelation it says in Daniel twelve that the people of understanding in that day will lead many. And so, with getting revelation and understanding of, of the things that are coming, so I see it as, uh, I believe it's, it's speaking of the, the the lifestyle that we can find in, say, a John the Baptist. And it's interesting though; it's the only person in the scriptures actually called her forerunner, though, specifically Jesus, Jesus right? Yeah. He was six, but um, you know, it's the way that it's, it's embracing the 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 values of the kingdom found, say, in Sermon on the Mount lifestyle, those kind of ideas, coupled with the understanding of of, of eschatology, coupled with the heart of God. Um, and so, it's inter- uh, Isaiah sixty-two, the night and day prayer passages. And if you go on, he actually quotes the same passages that are in Isaiah forty about preparing the way that people would open. You know, mm-hmm. uh, makes, you know that whole that whole idea that's found in Isaiah forty is, is reiterated again in Isaiah sixty-two. But it's right there, sandwiched prior to. It's talking about the Lord giving giving His people a new name. Yeah, and you shall be married as as your God uh, as 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 your sons rejoice over you. So will your God. You know, marry you and rejoice over you, and so yeah. he, he ties this idea of, of the eschatology and the intimacy with God together as a package. And so, it's not the only things that we preach; it's not the only things that are going to be preached. We still have all the other things that right. are they're part but of it. But it is central. It, it is a central, I yeah. think, piece of the end time message. Uh, it's the study of eschatology and the understanding of eschatology coupled with the, the understanding. And I think that God does. You need both because if you only understand Him from the eschatological piece, your heart. And you don't understand him from a from an intimacy piece of his heart in the midst of it. Uh, it's easy to get offended. Yeah. And um, but at the same time, it's 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 easy to to if you only understand the intimacy piece without eschatology piece connected to it, it would be it's easy to to buy into a false sense of grace. Yeah, that's so good. And so the fear of the Lord is lacking. And so there's this. So the Lord wants both. 
The Lord wants both. Yeah, that's and, 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 not, and I'm saying this, and I'm, I'm tying this all up into the knowledge of God, which is Isaiah 40. It's the understanding of who He is. Yeah. Again, and He's like I say, He's more than eschatology. He's more than intimacy. But it's it's you know Isaiah 40 is very clear that that's the thing is that we that the understanding of who God is, not you know that that is front and center. Yeah, and and this this message seems like it's going to be released at the end of the age as the as the as the coming of the Lord approaches, like you said, it's 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 this message that's kind of getting released in the yeah. earth that that the saints are really grabbing a hold of. It's yeah. it's it's the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. Uh, it's eschatology, it's intimacy, uh, and it's it's fasted lifestyle, which is going to become even more important as the day of the Lord approaches and sin and wickedness just increase in the earth. Yeah. So that's super helpful. So uh, we, I don't know, I, I think we have a bonus episode scheduled if we can get to it on the forward message because I think it's so important. Okay. Um, Here's the next thing. So I think we're, we're at about an hour, if I had to guess. Um, we've got uh, probably another 20 minutes or so. Okay. So this will be the longer episode. Everything else will be a little shorter. Um, talk to me about the second coming, all right? What is it? Where is it found? Um, just, again, uh, just a quick, you know, minute right. on the second coming. Uh, well, we'll do a whole episode yeah, yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's found in a lot more places than you would think. So it's not like, it's not, you know, but in a very, like, Here's here's an example like yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Matthew twenty four I think around verse thirty one and thirty 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 one something like that uh, you know immediately after the tribulation of those days then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the heavens mm-hmm. you know but, you know coming on the clouds of you know glory da, 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 and he says you know you know you know, sift, uh, you know he'll uh, uh, bring all you know I, 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 I'd probably should read it but basically actually I have it right here. <laughs> By the way, yeah. just for those listening, Jamie has not looked at his Bible once. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately after tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give us light, the stars will fall from heaven, the powers of heaven will be shaken, then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds of, of heaven to the other. So, I mean, there's a very clear passage after the tribulation, the Lord is returning, gathering his people to him, um, you know, setting up his kingdom. Um, there's, I mean, there's... A physical return? Huh? Yes. A, it is a physical return. Well, yeah, so Acts 1, this same Jesus whom you saw go, saw go into heaven will come back in like manner. Mm-hmm. All right? When he left, that's the question. So if you say he's not physical, then did he leave? Did, was he physically on the earth Yeah. when he left? Because Acts 1 yeah. is the ascension of, of Jesus into yes. heaven, and yes. they, literally the disciples, watch him, his body, yes. ascend into the clouds. Yes, and the right? same way that he left, he said he would come back. Yeah. So if he was five foot eleven Jewish man when he left, he'll be a five foot eleven Jewish man. It'll be a very tall Jewish back. man. Yeah, or yeah, so five foot nine. Whatever. There we go. <laughs> whatever he is, um, you know, whatever his, whatever, whatever he he was, he's coming back. He's a man. He's been, he's been a man forever, uh, glorified. Yes, and I mean, we, you know, the re- he's resurrected. He's he's you know he can turn the glory on like he does in Revelation one. All that, not that'll be a president at the time, but you know he is he is a man coming back. For That's sure. so good. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's so many passages. Thess- Thessalonians one talks about the, the coming of the Lord. You know, yeah. I mean, but even throughout the Old Testament, it actually refers to this coming day, this burning like an oven. And I mean, there's just it's all throughout the the, the scriptures. Um, uh, you know, I, I read the one Second Thessalonians two where you talk about concerning the coming of the Lord and gathering together to Him. You know, this yeah. is something that's found over and over and over again throughout the scriptures of the Lord's return. Even the parables that the King would go away for a while and then He would return. I mean, it's just. Over yeah. and over and over, yeah. right? It's appointed once for man to die, and then comes to judgment, right? And he goes, he actually said, he says, but then the second time for salvation, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. you know, there's this, uh, um, yeah, he shall appear a second time. So it says he shall appear a second time. 
Great. Yeah. Yes, it's perfect. All right. How about this one? This will be fun. Uh, let's talk through, uh, again, we're glossary of terms. Rapture. What is it? Where is it found? So the, the, in your Bibles, my Bibles, we, you wouldn't find the term rapture. It's, uh, it, it, the word rapture is actually, it's a Latin word, and, uh, it, it, and it's found in the Latin Bible. So people, people, I, people say, rapture's not in the Bible. I'm like, yeah, it's just in the Latin Bible, just like ours. Right. In, our, in our version, it just says caught up. And that's what right. it means in English, right? Yeah. So I'd be like saying, hey, caught up's not in the Bible. And like, yeah, it is right here. Yeah, that's right? right. It's just, and so I don't, you know, there, why why that term stuck around from the Latin Bible, there's, I mean, there's a whole history behind that, but it it's just, it's First Thessalonians 4 uh, kind of details out the the, the passage um, of being caught up um, to, you know, to the Lord at that time. And so um, and that's, and and there's other passages that that seem to refer to it. First Thess, First Corinthians 50, uh, first Corinthians 50, I'm sorry, 15, 50 through like 53, right in that range. Okay. It's, it's, that's the passage. Some of you guys may have heard. He says, we shall not all sleep. We shall be changed in a moment and twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and so that seems to identify the time, the way that our bodies are changed at that time. And, and, but first Thessalonians four, and I'll, I'll see if I can read it here. Um, or, or I guess we're going to go into. It. Actually, we're going to go into it a little more. We will go it. into it. Yeah. Yeah, it to, wanna, yeah. What's the idea? We're, so okay. So, so, up, so it's, the, it's the idea that that it's it's the it's see the resurrection of the dead was not a mystery. That's something that was taught. I mean, multiple times through the Old Testament, there was the saints that were faithful to God at the end of the age would be raised bodily to inherit the land on the earth with the Messiah. So that was something that was taught from. I mean, Job talked about it. I mean, Isaiah. I mean, there was many. Daniel yeah. talked about it. So that wasn't a mystery. But the mystery wasn't what Paul said. I'm going to tell you this mystery. He goes, is how do the people that are currently alive at that time, when everybody's raised from the dead, right. how do they enter into their inheritance? How do they right. become glorified? What happens to those guys that are in natural bodies? And so Paul gave gave the revelation that they would be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, whatever they would, their bodies would would be tran- would would transform from their earthly form into their glorified body, and that. But Paul identifies that the way this would happen is that at the coming of the Lord. He said, when he comes back with all the saints, right? He said, the dead in Christ shall rise first. So, in other words, if you think of it this way, this, the Lord's coming back with all the souls out of heaven, mm-hmm. and then the 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 bodies of the dead, everyone who's ever died, their bodies are reconstituting and meeting them in the air. Okay. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them afterward. He said that the, the dead in Christ will go first, which can mean a couple different things. But one of the ideas would be that they they rise, and then we rise immediately after them. So mm-hmm. it's like a bang bang kind of thing, and we go up, and we are then together with the Lord in the air. Um, and so that's what it seems to be referring to is the, it's the way that the, 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 the people that are alive remain are translated to, to the Lord at his coming. So the, great. the yeah. And so what we'll go into is that the, the way that's been viewed, I guess goes into more of the different yeah. camps on what, or what the rapture is or, or, or how exactly it plays how it out. Plays out. Cause everybody right. kind of agrees on what it is for the most part. Right? Yeah. It's I mean, just, Mainly where and how exactly is yeah. it going to play it's, and out? No, there's a lot of camps that say they don't even believe in a rapture, like mm. like main camps. Yeah. But they don't. I don't really know what they're, they don't. If they believe in a, in a resurrection of the dead, then they do believe in a rapture. Right. They just they don't. Just don't they traditional. Don't, they, view, they don't believe yeah. in maybe a certain version of the rapture, but they, everybody believes that the bodies of the live are translated somehow into glory at the coming of God. Yeah. You know. So and that's, so that's rapture. When you say rapture, it's. The, the translation of the people who are alive at the second coming, yes. not the people who have died, the people who are alive, it's their how transformation. They're, how they're caught up to the Lord to be with him in glory. Exactly. Sweet. Yeah. All right. How about great tribulation? So um, the the great tribulation, um, well, so 
There, what is mi- it? Where is it found? Yeah. So there's, there's several passages, many passages that talk about the great tribulation. Um, <clears throat> in Daniel chapter 12, uh, he says, there should be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation. And, and, um, and he says, and many of those who sleep in the dust here shall awake, throw out the resurrection, some to life, some to everlasting contempt. And he, and he says, he talks about this time of trouble unto the resurrection. And then the angel, uh, he asked the angel question, how long shall the, actually, he hears actually two angels talking over a river. And they, they say, how long shall these fulfillment of these wonders be? And the one angel raises his hands to heaven and he, say, he swears by him who lives forever and ever. And he says, it shall be for a time, a times and a half a time. And so he talks about this time of trouble, right? Which is the actual, if, if you take, so that, if you take the Greek, and you translate it to the New Testament, it's the same thing Jesus said in Matthew 24. Okay. When he says, for then there will be great tribulation, which same thing, if it, it, in the Greek, it's actually time of trouble. It's the, it's the same idea. Same idea. This time of trouble, i.e. great tribulation, as Jesus calls it, um, he says, in a, and he said, it'll be the worst time in the history of the world, nor shall there ever be another time like it. So Jesus identifies a certain time as a time of trouble, which Daniel said it would be, they would have a time period connected to it of a time, times, and a half a time. Okay. Time, now, times, and a half a time. Time, times, and a half a time. Revelation seems to identify this time, times, and a half a time. It kind of says it over and over again, which is seems to be a period of about three and a half years. Okay, so time being one year, times, plural, being two years, and a half time being a half a year. Okay. And it also then calls the same thing. If, if you look at the way it's the the overlap demands that these are talking about the same period, if that makes sense. Now, okay. not, not everybody would agree with that. I'm just telling you that's how I see it, and that's how many others seen it. That, that talks about it being 42 months, which is also a three-and-a-half-year period, or it t- says specifically it's 1,260 days, okay. which is about three-and-a-half-year period, which is three-and-a-half-year period. And so, what's taking place during this three-and-a-half-year so, period? Well, Jesus says when you see the abomination desolation, then there will be great tribulation. So we know that that starts That three-and-a-half-year period. Yeah, exactly, which Daniel said would be three-and-a-half years. It says in Revelation 13 that the Antichrist is given 42 months to rule. Okay. So, in other words, we're locating it now that the time of the of the reign of the Antichrist is congruent with the three and a half years that starts at the, at the Great Tribulation. Right. So the Great Tribulation would go through that three and a half years. Now, during that time, it's our opinion that the events of the Book of Revelation, specifically the seals and the trumpets, um, up till the, the, would take place in that three and a half year window. Okay. This is lo- yep, a bigger we'll, story. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk through that. And so the the judgments of God, the the those twenty one judgments or what? I guess, is, I guess uh, not quite twenty one at that point. Yeah, yeah at that point. But, yeah, but there would be the, the the major judgments of the Lord, the the rage of of Satan through the hands of the Antichrist, his military campaigns. Also, I would say the 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 height of the Great Commission taking place simultaneously, greatest revival in the earth. Of, you know, in an underground sense, taking place on the earth. And so there's there's many many different aspects that take place, but it's all kind of the and this is this is when things are get this is when people are getting martyred. This is martyred, when it's like the worst. Exactly, it's where you have okay. yes, yeah, so the mark of the beast, the whole the whole thing that's taking place. Yeah. So when I when I first um, got introduced to end times, I was under the impression that the Great Tribulation was seven years. Right. Okay. So just and I, I, I know I'm, I'm I'm trying not to get into the episode, sure. but if you'll just why when you say Great Tribulation, why are you thinking three and a half years? Why is it not seven? Right. So there's only one passage in the Bible that talks about a seven-year period. And that's in that's in Daniel nine verse uh, twenty-seven, and he says, um, "And he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week." Okay, and the week he's referred to as a week of years. All right, okay, it's, yeah. uh, kind of the it's it's the sabbatical cycle of a week of seven. It's with seven years. Okay, and it, if you just without going into just, just trust me on that. That's not okay. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like yeah. You know I mean, anyway, and so 
but in the middle of the week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offerings to set up an abomination of desolation, right? So the abomination of desolation takes place in the middle of seven years, right? Gotcha. Leaving a three-and-a-half-year period on, on at the end for the, what Jesus says starts the Great Tribulation. So Jesus identifies the Great Tribulation starting with the abomination of desolation, which Daniel said happens at the middle of the week. Gotcha. So it can't be So what we've done is right. taken the seven years and right. done tribulation, yeah. right? But really, it, the th- there's, there, it seems like things are... Probably yeah. okay for three and a half years, or the first part of it, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, ish, ish, yeah. ish. And, and there's a buildup. There's sure. a buildup. Okay, yeah. gotcha. But, yeah. Okay, that's great. That's helpful. Yeah. Um, we are moving through these. Um, give me uh, millennial reign, millennial kingdom, um, and we need to actually yeah. start getting a little bit shorter on these. Okay. Um, if you can, so so there's no there's no there's no Bible verse says there's this thing called the millennial reign, whatever. Like there's not that there's the eternal kingdom. Jesus sets up this kingdom, and it's it, it, Daniel's very clear that it'll be established forever at that time. But the first thousand years of that eternal kingdom is what we affectionately call the millennial reign. Okay, and it's found in Revelation chapter twenty, and it's uh, when the Lord, uh, after the Lord just destroys the Antichrist, false prophet on the battlefield of what many call Armageddon, um, then Satan is then cast into the bottomless pit for a thousand years away from the nations, and the nations begin to continue on the earth. In other words, there's still going to be people in natural bodies. It's called they, They're called the survivors of the nations in the Old Testament. And Zechariah 14 is equal 36. Different passages talk about these Those who survivors. survived that yeah. great tribulation yeah, period. Now, and... You and I, because of the return of the Lord, if believers in Christ, we will be glorified or if, what we call raptured, you yeah. know, and we'll resurrect, and we are given governance to rule the nations with him, with Jesus, mm. on rod iron, with the rod of iron. Daniel 7 says and that the saints will rule... The saints rule the kingdom, and the Son of Man shall rule the kingdom. We're co-heirs together with them on the earth, um, you know, uh, uh, giving uh, input and discipling the nations throughout the thousand-year kingdom. And so it's without Satan, but it's it's people that that are on the earth that, that made it. Through. It's going to be specifically people that are, and this might be something we'll talk about later on about yeah. resistors and, and who populates the millennium. But there's going to be nations. I mean, that's the whole thing is that Jesus would have an inheritance of the nations, which requires that they exist at his coming yeah, that's for him to actually rule over. Yeah. And so um, it's it's that time period where the Lord, I say it's the restoration of all things, where he's He's, he's bringing things that have we've been under the, the curse for these 6,000 plus years, and the Lord begins to restore and rebuild and heal the nations for the coming of the Father at the end of the millennium. That's great. That's awesome. All right. Um, we're gonna we're banging through these. Uh, new heavens and new earth. So the, the the new heavens new earth is a uh, it's not a technical term in the sense that like there's this one event thing that's coming. In fact, the the it literally just means new new sky and new land. Mm. It's actually if you think about it, if you go back to the way it's been spoken of, go to Genesis one that the the heavens were the the uh, was the 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 area above the land all the way up through the cosmos, and then he actually calls uh, earth he calls it the dry land. And what we find is that through scriptures these things have been renewed multiple times. So. Peter talks about the um, the, uh, the 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 time before the flood. He calls it the the old heaven, the old earth. He says, mm. "In the earth, heaven and earth, which are now are being reserved for the for the day of judgment, fire and judgment." Right. And so, in other words, the, the heaven and earth, work, the land and sky we're on now is new compared to the one prior to the flood. Although we know it's the same exact rock. Yeah. Right. It's not a brand new. Right. It's, but it's been renewed. Made new, it's yeah. been it's been renewed. Right. But yeah. through the judgments of God, in the same way, at the second coming, this earth will be renewed for the coming of the Messiah. And so you'll find there's a continuality 
from this age even into the next age. And that some of the landmarks are still there. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the Old Testament prophe- prophecies about the, the rain and the sire and the earth, I mean, it talks about very specific Nile to the Euphrates River is still there. I mean, all yeah. these kind of things, though there's going to be a complete cleansing and a renewing of the geography in many areas, and there's going to be a renewing of the sky. Like, for example, Zechariah 14 says that only the righteous will get rain in that day, whereas right now he rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. Mm-hmm. There's just... There's, there's a newness in the millennium, but it's not a brand new. It's in the same way where he says, you know, if you've been born again, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away, right. and all things are new, right? Well, you're still the same dude. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, you didn't yeah. get a new body. You don't have a six-pack now, you know, I mean, or whatever. Right? Yeah, I don't have a six-pack. Like, yeah. like, they were still us, right? But we've been renewed. We've been transformed. And the same way the earth is going to go through a transformation, but it's not a brand new rock, a brand right. new whatever. And that that's actually a big deal because that's how the early church really hammered that point because of the false teachings of the Gnostics, the idea that we would escape this, the physical realm to go to the, the heavens Some of heaven. Some kind of spiritual. Some kind of, exactly, which, so. is, which has followed Christianity throughout history. And so it's really important to understand that there's continuation from this age to the next age under the renewal of the heavens. And that's more than probably what we're trying to get into right now, but, but I... No, it's yeah. super helpful. Yeah. And, and I think the, a, a point when we say the new heavens and the new earth that, that really sticks out to me is most people think of heaven... Right. Uh, yes, and and they think okay. When we die, we go up to the clouds. That's where we live. Everything's happy. Like you said, the harps, the cupid, and all that kind of stuff, right? Whatever. But that's you know you'll call it the the intermediate state, right? Which I appreciate, best, right? Yeah. But it, it's that's that's actually not where we spend eternity. Uh-huh. We spend eternity on this new heavens, new earth, this this new creation with Jesus, right? And I think that's an important point. Uh, just just to make is when we say new heavens, new earth, what we're actually talking about is where we spend eternity, right? Right. 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 Yeah. The, the the focus of the of the scriptures is primarily about the re, the renewal of this of this side, you know the um, you know the the bondage of corruption being lifted here in the earth. So yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a that's a, it's a that's a big point that you know that maybe we can go into a little further. Yeah. All right. We've got we've only got uh, a couple more. Um, give me judgments. We're talking about judgments of God here. Um, when we say great white throne judgment, mm-hmm. what is that? The Great White Throne Judgment is found in Revelation chapter 20, and it's referring to a judgment that will take place after the millennial reign of Christ, so okay. after the thousand. So Jesus' return, he's been we've been when ruling and reigning with him for a thousand years, and then there's a season. And like I said, this is going to bring up more questions than answers, but just to give the details that the that, that Satan is let out for a short period of time. He deceives some of those natural body people on the earth mm-hmm. to make one last go at it, one last war against the Lord. It doesn't work out yeah. well for him. And he's uh, cast into the lake of fire from that point forward. And then right immediately after that, God says that what's called the great white throne judgment. And and it's it says everyone who's ever died, basically, that's that's not born again, that has, has you know, gone into Hades, they're brought up before uh, that throne and uh, they're resurrected, if I can say it that way. And they're given their eternal body to be, you know, damned forever yeah, and to be thrown into the lake of fire. Now there's there's questions about you know if there's anyone else there and that may be something we can we can talk about yeah. when we talk about this in, in subject. In other words, is it only the damned or is there also some righteous there? And I have, I have some thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. But um, but that's it's 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 the final the final judgment, the final yeah, judgment prior to the full glorification of the earth that's completely uh, rid of all vestiges of, of evil. Yeah. Uh, now. That's, that there are some other judgments as well, but that's yeah. that's that's the final. That's one. the big yeah. one. Well, so so speaking of that, what about the sheep and goat judgment? So so the sheep and goat judgment appears to be talking about a judgment that takes place right at the at the beginning of the thousand years. Right, okay, so Jesus returns. great white throne, end of the thou, end of the thousand years. Yes. Sheep and goat at the beginning of beginning the thousand of the thousand years. years. Okay. 
it says when the Son of Man comes in his glory, he'll set up, you know, the, his throne of glory and put the sheep on the right and the left. And and so, and it's, he says to the righteous, to the sheep, he says, he says, inherit the kingdom that's been prepared for you from the foundation of the earth. And this is into a bigger subject, but the idea of, of inheriting the kingdom. Some people think that's talking about like maybe the, the natural body sheep or Israel on the earth getting just staying into the millennium, but I don't think that's true at all because it's very clear that Peter Paul said, and first Thessalonians that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom. So it's not talking about natural body people. It's talking about you and I, the, yeah. the resurrected saints that have, have received their inheritance, the Abrahamic covenant, the reward of ruling the nations, uh, you know, in mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of the lands that God would give uh, on the earth. And then you have <clears throat> um, the, it says at that time, then he looks at those that are ghosts and they said they, at that time they go away into the fire, prepare for the devil and the angels. Mm-hmm. So there's, in other words, there's a, it's the peoples alive that are on the earth at the time of the Lord's returning, which you got to understand, which includes us as resurrected saints. We are alive yeah. with him on the earth, right? Yeah. Receiving our reward. And then there's a whole group of people that that took the mark of the beast, that worshiped the Antichrist, that not necessarily were part of the armies. Like, right. And there's there's going to be all kind of grandmas and all kind of people you know that aren't in the military yeah. uh, at, at Armageddon yeah. that... Because the military gets wiped out at, at Armageddon when Jesus mm-hmm. returns. But there's all these other people that are going to be rounded up and they're going to be brought to this judgment, and they're going to actually go into the lake of fire at that time. That's what it specifically says. Now, that's yeah. some people wouldn't agree with me on that, but the devil and the false prophet go early, and I believe these guys, from the passage, they go. They don't have to appear again at the end of a thousand years. Right, they've already gotten they've there. They've already gotten their yeah. judgment, exactly. But that doesn't account for everyone else who's ever died that didn't live in that last day, that never stood before the judgment. All those people from, from the time of Adam on, you know what I'm saying, that have mm. been that it were wicked, they will actually come up at the end of the great white throne judgment and receive their uh, their punishment. And so, so the sheep and goat judgment—that's Matthew twenty-five. Is that yes. correct? Right. Okay. So, so if you're curious about the sheep and goat judgment that takes place before the millennial reign, go read Matthew twenty-five. Um, now, uh, briefly, judgment seat of Christ, because those are like three uh-huh. things that are you know the great white throne, sheep and goat judgment seat of Christ, and they often what I've found get conflated, especially yeah. for the believer. So I, I would say the judgment seat of Christ is the same thing as the great white. No, no, as the sheep and goat. Judgment. Yeah. Okay. That's super yeah. helpful. And it, now it's a generic term that refers to our time when we stand before the Lord. As okay? believers. Yeah. So could it apply to a believer who say grew up in the millennium? Uh, I'm talking about a, a person in natural body who gets saved or whatever, gets born in the millennium and gets saved and then potentially stands before the Lord at the great white throne judgment and receives their inheritance. Are they standing before the judgment of Christ? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily demarcated by a time period as much as an event for a person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so, but, but as it relates to our experience, some of the people that live now on this side or who have lived for our history, our judgment will be when we stand for the Lord of the sheep and goat judgment. And so the judgment seat of Christ is a good thing because that's specifically for believers. Yeah, for believers. That's belie- when we're given reward. Right. Is it, is it at First Corinthians, I'm going to go threes? It's, well, like so that? I would say, I, I wouldn't say it's just specifically believers. The judgment seat of Christ could be bad for the unbeliever who stands okay, for okay, it. Okay, okay, Right, right, right. I mean, in those passages, he talks about the terror of the Lord too. I mean, he talks about there's, there's both, you know. Okay. So... Everyone's going to stand before him. Every knee's going to have to bow. I mean, it's not I like you know you. what I'm saying at, at the judgment seat of Christ, but um, but yeah, as it relates to the believer's experience, yeah, it it's I would say it's it, hopefully mostly positive for us. Yeah, and because probably filled with some regret. There are some people right? that will have yeah. loss. I mean, yeah. Corinthians is very clear. There's going to be yeah. some people that that were saved as though by fire, but they don't have any eternal rewards. They didn't build their house on. They built it on 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 you know on the sand. They built it uh, with wood, hay, and stubble. Yeah, but they get saved. So. 
there there is a sense that, that you could have a loss and regret related to your life, but um, but for, I think for, but you're for still the, saying you're saying still, born again, yeah. yeah. And then there's gonna be people that will have great reward for sure. You know, that's helpful. All right, um, let's go to witnesses. So Revelation chapter uh, uh, eleven, uh, ten and eleven talks about these these uh, um, these two prophets. We actually calls them two prophets that are raised up at the, at the end of the age. They seem to be almost like leader, the, the two figurehead leaders of the, of the global church at the end of the age. Um, and they are given an extraordinary authority to um, do signs and wonders. Uh, and it seems to be in Jerusalem specifically. Mm-hmm. That's where, when they die, that's where their body says it's, they're going to lay. So it seems to be that that's where they're located. Um, and they prophesy for 1,260 days. And Which is three and a half years. Three and a half years. And they caught on fire as often as they want. They can do the, all these crazy plagues on the earth. And so there's this element when we talk about Acts 2 prophets prophesying. Well, that seems to be a global thing that's happening on the church, but in a very spearheaded way on these two guys that when they prophesy, God backs them up by showing signs in the heavens so and wonders cool. on the earth. And they are... Um, they are a nuisance to the people that don't want God. I mean, absolutely, they hate these two guys because the the rage against God. I mean, start, the rage. There's a rage right now against God, but there's going to be a, I mean, a significant heightenance of, of the rage um, because of what people want. And so when these people get killed, they the whole it's like a global Christmas that people throw the party and yeah. in, in honor of their death and. Um, but they so the the question is that there seems to be two prophets. The question is everybody asks, well, who are they? And there's there's a lot of good thoughts on yeah. there. Um I have my thoughts on on yeah. who these two guys are. Um, but you know, it could be one of you two in this room. I don't know. It's probably you know? <laughs> I've often joked and said I think Jamie's one of the two witnesses. <laughs> no. It's just that one passage where they're like prophesying the the measurements of the temple, and I'm like, Jamie would know the measurements they, of the temple. They, like they, well, no. <laughs> Whoever they are, man, they're they're they they've got if they're just two regular guys, then then they've got a serious training process they're about to go through with the Lord that's probably very painful. Mm. That's my guess. But wow. they are yeah, they're they're two powerful prophets that God uses and, and it is a last Pretty much a lot. Their deaths and their resurrection uh, and ascension seems to be a, a final prophecy to the earth right before the Lord returns. Wow, that's great. Yeah, Armageddon. So there's so Armageddon. Everybody thinks Armageddon. They think of like just end of the world, nuclear holocaust. I don't know, maybe an alien abduction. Right. Maybe, you know, right. the movie that, didn't. Yeah, help. yeah, the, exactly. And so there's this uh, comment in the sky kind of thing. The um, so when we think about the final battle of it's really of this age it's not really the end of the world the world's going to continue on mm. it's the final battle of this age prior to the transition to the next age on this earth with gotcha. the Lord's reign and it's actually not called there's no there's no version about it calls it the battle of armageddon that's something we just we adopted and and armageddon is actually the the passage is actually found in revelation chapter 16 and it talks about that the 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 lord is going to gather the armies the wicked armies of the earth to a hill in Jerusalem called Megiddo, which is north of, of Jerusalem. Megiddo. Megiddo. And it, it's called Armageddon. It's the gathering point for the battle. Gotcha. It's not necessarily where the battle takes place. In the same way that we went to war against Iraq and Desert Storm, whatever, mm-hmm. we gathered in you know uh, Saudi Arabia, I believe it was. Yeah. Uh, and you know that was our gathering spot for the battle that would take place between Iraq and Kuwait. Mm-hmm. And so there's the gathering of the nations happens at Megiddo. The the Old Testament prophecies seem to indicate that the majority of the battle takes place from Jordan up through uh, through uh, Jerusalem. And and in fact, Joel, Joel three seems to talk about call it, call it like a battle for Jerusalem. It seems to be the primary 
Um, Zechariah 14 seems to be the primary battles in and around the city of Jerusalem, uh, but extends potentially 200 miles uh, south into into Jordan. And this is um, Jesus leading this battle? Yeah, Jesus, physical man Jesus, leading an army full of all... It's, it's, it's the most lopsided battle in the history of history. It's He's going to war against the Antichrist, false prophet, and his military armies, mm. humans, right? Against Jesus with who can't die versus... Yeah. With, with with all the angels that can't die and all the resurrected saints <laughs> that can't die. That can't die. <laughs> so it's the most lopsided battle. It's what Psalms 2 said. Why do these people plot this vain thing? The nations gather in rage. He goes, why are they plotting this vain thing? He goes, I will set my king on his holy hill in Zion. I mean, the, 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 the Psalms 2 passage is eschatological in nature. Yeah, totally. So the, the, the prophets, I mean, the New Testament passage uh, writers used it uh, you know, like when they were getting beat up in the temple. I mean, they used it, but they, they were not saying, this is that, this yeah. is the, I mean, it doesn't, because it isn't. You clearly look at the passage, he's talking about a time when the Lord sets his inheritance on the nations and judges the nations and uh, the nations are gathered around in battle. I mean, that's, it's, it's an eschatological passage and and they're plotting this vain thing. They can't win. There's no possible way for them to win, yet they, they're so deceived that they believe they can. Yeah. And it's, it's like the redo of what happened with Satan in heaven. It's like happening again here on the earth and Jesus is returning and, and it's 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 the most lopsided wow. battle in history of humanity for sure. That's really cool. Um, Which we'll be a part of. So heck yeah, we will. Yeah, heck yeah. It's heck yeah for like guys like you and I. You know what I'm saying? But there's a lot of people who are like I don't want to. I don't want a sword. I mean, you, Psalms one night. I mean, Dude, Psalms one. Give me the sword. Uh, yeah, Let's do it. It's, <laughs> this is the the right of all the saints. Two handed sword in their hand. That's awesome. Executing the nations. Yeah. All right, brother. We got one more. Yeah. New Jerusalem. So when we say that, what are we talking about? Yeah. So. The New Jerusalem, well, when people think of that, they're thinking of Revelation chapter 21, and it's the city of God that's that's in heaven, that's it's the diamond city that's, you know, where, where the Lord dwells, and it's descending to the earth. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it comes down, uh, in that passage, specifically after the millennial, millennial reign, after the, the renewal of the heavens and the sky to be even better fit that kind of city, on the earth, most likely it appears to be coming down the same lands that were promised to Abraham uh, from the Nile to the Euphrates River, and it's a uh, it's the the restored city, the rebuilt city, the city that actually Abraham said he went out to go look for and, yeah. and never received the days of his inheritance yeah. on the earth, and it's where it's it's where the residence of God will be. Now, you and I may we may have residence there in the same way that a senator it's, lives in. It's, it's yeah. huge. Yeah, it's, it's huge. A, it's massive. But at the same time, we'll also be given authority over the lands throughout the earth. You inherit you know, from the from the river to the ends of the earth is what the scriptures tell us. And so, um, so yeah, it's, it's the diamond city. Uh, you know, there's different people have different ideas of, of the measurements of the city, but one of the ideas is this, uh, you know, 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles high. Yeah, so giant it's like, cube. Like, a, like a, either a cube or a diamond um, in nature, mm-hmm. like a mountain, mountain city. It's probably... Probably, I mean, I, it, that would make more sense. It makes sense. I mean, again, again, you know, the Holy Holies, which I've spoken of, is it was a cube. I, I, I don't know exactly how it's going to how it's, it's built with walls that are you know extremely far in distance with gates in between them and the name of the apostles on the on the gates. And, mm-hmm. um, and so it's but it's an actual city where we're actually going to live and, and and work and have. There's going to be things to do. There's rivers there. There's trees there. There's I mean, the scriptures are very clear. Like you know, the river of life is there. The the, the tree of life is there. Yeah. Um, and it, it appears to be what was even in the, in the garden of God. That that whole thing actually yeah. apparently ascended there because that's where the tree of life is. is and he yeah, says right. he says if you overcome, I'll grant to you to eat in the paradise of God, which paradise actually means Eden. It's the mm. exact same 
It means garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's actually a word. I got a lot of mojo on that one. I like that one a lot. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, so uh, it, it's it's the the eternal city. Now, the question is, is it is it, you know, is it just this brand new city or is it the, is it the Lord? In other words, the glory that comes down and interacts with the, the city of Jerusalem and the earth and glorifies it. Now, that's, mm. that's, there's there's a real question about that. And I would I would I, I I think there's there's a measure. It's not like God blows up, you know, the the landmarks. Yeah, you know what I'm demo it. Exactly. Yeah. Or you know, like smashes a new, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, construction right. site come down. There seems to be the heaven and earth reality coming together, which Ephesians talks about. God will restore everything in heaven and earth together. That's so you know, rich. and so there's this there the, the landmarks are there, yeah. but there's a renewal of that of that land to be what it was always meant to be. That's incredible. Well, Jamie, I, I so appreciate it. I realize uh, that this is a, a longer episode, but I think this is so important. It just gives us a framework of where we're going. Um, we, uh, we're going to try to do episodes on each of those topics, at least probably 90% of them. And so um, I'm super jazzed uh, for the rest of the series. Um, and uh, that's all we have for you guys today. We'll see you next episode. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed that conversation and that you are ministered to. Please remember to follow us and to leave a good rating on your preferred streaming platform. And if you want to learn more about Gatekeepers, visit gatecityatl.com slash gatekeepers. See you in the next episode.